Welcome to the audio podcast of Believer's House. We are a multi-generational, multi-ethnic church in the city of Halifax, Nova Scotia, called to lead people to Jesus, make them more like Him, and see them lead others to Him. We hope this message you are about to listen to inspires you to become more like Jesus in your thoughts, words, and actions. When you were leading the prayers, I sensed something unusual, so I had to ask uh, Pierce. I said, what church does that man pastor? He typed it out. I said, does he have an affiliation with Reverend Chris? He said, yes. Because while you were here, the Lord told me, I saw his spirit on you. Okay? I saw him. Ask him, he will tell you. I saw his spirit on you. It was very, very evident. Keep drinking. You see, that's one thing about <clears throat> um, staying planted and following. But when Elijah, you know, was to be taken away, the Bible says that other sons of the prophet saw Elisha and they began to make a mockery of him. Ha, ah, you. <laughs> it is finished. Your life, it is finished. It is over. Today, that your master that has been that you've been healing, that you've been following about, is just gonna be taken away from you. They were taunting him. You know, Elisha was the son of the prophet, right? We thought that those days you enroll into the school of prophecy. So you don't even need to be called. And that's one beautiful thing about you know the gift of the spirit, too. If you don't have it, if someone else has it, they can impart it onto you. And because God has given it to that person, you can receive it if your heart is open. So they began to taunt him. Say, today your master will see what will become of you. Bible says eventually Elijah was taken off. But Elisha, when he was coming back, Bible says when all the sons of the prophet saw him, they said to themselves, of a truth, the spirit of the prophet doth rest upon this one. And you follow a man, you know, assiduously, you are consistent, your heart is right. The spirit at work, at operation in that man's life begins to follow you. So you enter a level of covering that's made available for you, not because of your own intimacy or walk with the Lord, but because of the backing of the man of God. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. See, these are pure, basic, spiritual realities. And sadly, we live in a society where many people really don't understand this. You know, you consider your pastor to be your friend. If he says he's your friend, you need to be able to, you know, set the divide. Say, no, you're not my friend. You're my man of God. Jeremiah chapter number 15, I will give you a shepherd after my own heart. So it is the Lord that appoints pastors, shepherds for his own people. And the moment you find that person, you stay committed. You stay planted. I've been in several places in nomination and all of that, and someone will say, He's so vibrant. He's, like, he's saying certain things like Bishop Oedepo. It is because I, for a week cannot go by without watching, listening to his messages. Saturday evenings, before I go to my own church, in fact, we have a ritual in my house. We'll play um, Kenaland. We leave it playing all over the night on Saturday. And you know the truth? Many times in the middle of the night while I'm turning and just hearing, you know, they are live because of the time difference, right? I will hear him teaching what I plan to teach on Sunday morning. 
the spirit of the prophet doth rest upon this one. That's how spiritual things work. Your pastor is not your mate. He can be your friend, but you must learn to, under, to, 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 to separate the divide. If you don't, you can never carry what he carries. You know, Pastor Shimon and I, you know, we are friends. <laughs> we are friends. Right? But by spiritual or divine arrangement, the dynamics of that relationship has changed. If he begins to despise me in his heart, he cannot carry anything that I carry. I can lay hands on him, prophesy the cloth, he won't see the manifestation because his heart is not right. For those of you who serve in this house specifically, and for the pastors who are here, if you may also want to share, you know, with your, your, um, you know, your members. Listen, to receive what from a prophet or from a man of God, to carry what he carries, you need to do three things. Number one is that you must have genuine love for that man of God. This is an offense-proved love. The kind of love that even if he calls your name, he abuses you today, you will choose not to take offense. You have genuine, valid reasons to be mad at him, to call his bluff, not to come to his church again, but you guard your heart. That's number one. And I saw this at play in the life of your pastor just yesterday. We're speaking about a particular man of God. He has very valid reason to cut to severe ties, not to even want to have anything to do with that person anymore. He said, but Peter, do you know what? There were seasons of my life, between four or five years, he said to me yesterday in the car. He said, if not for the grace on that man, being able to be seated under his ministrations, I would have gone astray. I looked at him and I said, okay, now, you're wise because now you know something that many pastors don't even know. So that's number one, genuine love for the man of God. Whenever you see anybody who carries grace and you want to receive, you must have a genuine love. And go through the scripture, you will see. Number two is that you must be willing to serve the man of God. You must be willing to serve that man of God. And you see this also at play in the scripture. Elisha with the woman who had no child. Was that the Shunammite woman? I think, yeah. You know, there was a Shunammite woman. It was the man's, um, the woman's magnanimity of her heart to serve in the man of God that break, broke or, you know, took off the hold of barrenness of our lives. If she didn't do that, she would have remained barren. She went to meet her husband. See, he says, this man of God passes this way. Why not let us make a room for him up there such that when he's going, he would have a place, you know, to be staying. Why not let's make a room? Then she would make it. And you know, men of God like food. I mean, look at my tummy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Not even with the kind of food that I ate last night. Celebrate PD. Come on, celebrate PD. They like food if they are not fasting. One of the reasons why they also like food is because, you know, many times they fast. I mean, I just got off a 90-day fast. You know, so if I'm eating, forgive me. Hallelujah. So she knew that she can connect through the man's heart. 
And thank God the husband was not a neighbor, was not a fool who consented and said, yes, do that. Bible says one particular day, the woman of God was so fed, then called, that must be Gehazi, the servant, and said, this woman, every time we are passing by, she's housing us. She's giving us food. Is there anything she lacks? Um, 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 and sir, actually, she does not have a child. He, and I've been laying on her bed, and I've been eating her food. Call her for me. And the man of God declared, according to the time of life, this time next season, you carry your own baby. As the mouth of the servant of the Lord said, so said it, that was the same way God perfected it. That story didn't stop there. It got so serious that the baby now died. The son died. You all should go and I mean, this is the minister's conference, right? So you should be accustomed to that. The son died. Then the husband said, after all, the child is now dead. Then the wife carried that baby, took him to where the man of God was, and said, you know, I actually didn't want a child though. You were the one who said that I should. No, I think he sent his um, servant first, you know, to go there. And the servant got there. The servant could not do anything, right? Say, you know, I actually didn't want to have anything, whatever. To cut a long story short, you all know the story. The man of God stepped in there himself with the room on the ball. Say, let the boy down. The boy jacked back to life. Prophecy can protect your destiny. Honor in your heart for a genuine servant of God. Once you know that person's heart is right, just follow. Just follow. This life is very easy. Oh. And this means, see, I'm a combination of many graces and many fathers, including Reverend Chris Oyakilome. If you, I can show you, if you come to the ark, that's our new church facility the Lord just blessed us with. You would see, if you go past the basement, you see frames of fathers in the faith who have blessed my life. Pastor Enoch Adejari Adeboy, Bishop David Olani Yoyedepo, um, Francis Walioke, uh, my spiritual father, Reverend Victor Adeyemi, Reverend Chris Oyakilome, um, 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 Kenneth Copeland, Jesse Duplantis, you see them. I didn't just pick them, but just for the sake of picking them. I was prepping honor in my heart. In my home, I have an office on my main floor, my home office. On my wall, you see Pastor Enoch Adejari Adeboe, you see Bishop David Oyedepo, you see Reverend Victor Adeyemi, then you see my image. When things get so tense and sometimes I just turn and I see them, I just smile. Do you know that just watching the TV and seeing Bishop Oyedepo preaching, it does something to my soul. There is just this rejoicing in my heart that I cannot explain. That's how you will know that your heart is right towards that servant of God. Except he's not called, sir. If truly the Lord has called that man, and your heart is right. You can take and carry whatever thing he carries. Number three, after serving, is to give. That's the part many of you don't always want to hear. Don't say I'm your pastor and you've been blessed. Then my birthday means nothing to you. My anniversary means nothing to you. I mean, you don't even look at me at someone and just say, you know what, this shirt should fit uh, uh, P.S. Let me just, let me buy this for P.S. Now, to God's glory, I belong to that class where we don't stress, put responsibility on pastors, on our men of God. But the truth is that it becomes my responsibility to sin after them. Do you know I cannot go and see my fathers empty-handed? There are men of God I would have loved to host in our ministry in, in Regina. 
that I cannot host now because I do not have the capacity to honor them like I would have loved to. God bless you, sir. Come on, celebrate Jesus in his life. So you know the drill, right? When I'm about five minutes to go, you let me know. Are you all getting blessed? Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you're, can we also do something? Is it possible you all just visit the, especially if this place is your home, church, if you can visit the, you know, YouTube link, you know, copy that link and share on your social media status. Share it on your WhatsApp. And have someone just say, all right? We're talking about advancing the Lord, the Father's business. What did you learn during the first session? What stood out for you? Now, I need responses, please. If not, I will not continue. What stood out for you? Bro, did you, you can leave that. You can leave that. Ejoko. Eshe. What stood out for you? Anybody? Yeah. Pastor, I want to say something. God bless you, sir. Hold on for the microphone, sir. The latter part, when you were handing off and you talk, told us briefly three things about God, that God does not lie, yes. God does not change, and he does not fail. Hallelujah. I relate. Amen. You relate to that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Any other person in that first session was stood out for you? I need at least one or two more persons. Brother, Pastor okay, you are holding the microphone, so you go to it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, uh, for me, I think the majority... Then I will not take one more person because I chose you, did not choose yourself. <laughs> okay, setting our priorities right is... I think it was quite genuine for me because in the midst of the things of life, how life could demand from us, we need to understand where our priorities lie. Amen. Unless we do that, um, we would be out of order, basically. So. Amen. Any other person on this side? Star Betty. Yeah, brother, they joke. Your husband, he loves you. He wants to rescue you. Because I will not say you are carrying your daughter. I will not overlook you. Yes, sir, Brother G. Yeah, praise God. So uh, I learned uh, when you said Jesus himself spoke this word, not to, like, uh, put down what the apostles have written, mm -hmm. but Jesus himself said it, Amen. that we should seek first. And um, that kind of also relates to, like, evangelism, why sharing your uh, testimony of when you go out and the people that you yeah. meet. Like, mm. that, that priority of seeking first is also telling people about Jesus. Amen. So. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yeah, my brother at the back wants to say something. Oh, grandma wants to say something. Ah, grandma has been listening. Oh, interesting. Okay, let's hear you, ma'am. Praise God. Hallelujah. I also learned that we should not give our tithe and our offering because we want God to bless us. Amen. That we should give it because God has blessed us. Yes. Hallelujah. Was that what you wanted to say? Okay, say it again. Please give him the microphone. Let him re-echo it. Amen. What's your name, sir? Idara. Idara. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, exactly what I wanted to say, that we shouldn't base our giving to God. You know, uh, making it transactional. Giving to God should be a form of worship to God, and it should be a, a kind of honor towards God. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Y'all are learning so well. You see, and let me then take it off from there. You see, if you understand that perspective that I just shared with you, it will change your giving life. Pastor will not have to be reading, quoting three scriptures, two scriptures, and be encouraging you before you give. You see, that God will bless you when you tithe or when you give. That's non-negotiable. Because his word cannot be broken. 
But the reason why you give should not be because you want God to bless you. It should be because you've been blessed. It will change. You know, all this, um, you know, if you don't tie, things will be tight for you. I don't teach that. That's, that's nonsense. If you don't tie, things will be tough for you. Things will be tough. Okay, tight so that things will not be tight. I don't teach that. Tight because you're honoring God. Lord, I'm grateful. You've given me 100%. This is just 10%. Please take this. And if you belong to that class that says, oh, um, you know, tithing is not in the New Testament. Tithing is, it belongs to the Old Testament. No, whatever thing says you should tithe. It's because you do not understand the scripture. Because in the New Testament, Act chapter number 4, Act chapter number 6, if you study your Bible very well, you would realize they were not tithing. You know what tithe means? It means 10%. Those guys were not tithing. They were giving 100%, everything. Go study your Bible. Pastor, maybe you need to do a teaching around this. Okay? You've done, you need to do it, perhaps do it again. You know, they're giving 100% everything. Bible says all of them will go sell what they own, and they will bring it to the apostles' feet. So as, as your apostle, for example, you go and sell your car, sell your house, whatever, you know, you bring it to the altar. You bring it to him. Then he will then take that money, then begin to distribute it, you know, as each one has needs. If you understand this, you will be more blessed, you know, in giving. You will give better. And if you are pastors, we're here, encourage your members to do the same thing to you. Bible says God loves a generous giver. Let's stop this coercion and this fearful giving. You know, you can have an accident on your way if you, do, if you don't give. You, you know, your car is going to be whatever. Let's stop it. Let's stop it. When people understand the God's desire for giving, it will motivate them to give. It's in love. In our ministry, for example, I've trained our people so much such that you don't have to also wait till service days before you give. You've earned your income. You made an income, for example. If you feel like you're giving your 10% of it, give it to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. Because, see, don't let anybody deceive you. I don't know, maybe I, I used to do something. I used to do like a public account, you know, of what came in into church and what was spent. Until I started doing that thing, I realized that our people actually thought that our church was richer than it was. Because everybody just assumed that as we're all here right now, that if I say let us give offering, that everybody is going to give. You'll be shocked. But there is blessing in giving. So don't do it because you want God to bless you. Do it because he has blessed you. That's a heart of gratitude, generosity. And because of that, it then blesses you even more. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. The Bible says, whoever is he, he who is faithful in the literature, he says, more will be committed unto his hand. He said, but he who, the sort of the five talents, for example, of the talent, you know, the other ones, the ones who even says does not have anything. The Bible says, even that which he has will be taken away. That means that even in your saying you don't have anything, you see God something. Hallelujah, glory to God. And I was sharing on that Matthew 6.33 before we had that break to saying that. Constructing the kingdom of the Lord, you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Again, don't seek the kingdom because you want to, you know, after all, you know, Peter, when he came to our church, said we should just set our priorities right and seek God's kingdom. Then the Lord will give me food, clothing, and shelter. Don't do that. Listen, everything and anything done for the Lord, in the Lord, and in his business, in the New Testament, must be driven by love. Did you hear me? Did you hear that? Everything and anything 
anyone does, huh? in a new generation, in, a, in this new testament that we are, everything must be motivated by love. If not motivated by love, don't do it. It has no reward. You are serving, it must be by love. You are giving, it must be by love. You want to honor your man of God, it must be by love. Hallelujah, glory to God. So, advancing the Father's business, and let's continue. I felt let's just go back, you know, to that which I just shared about receiving from men of God. Okay? How you can receive from your prophet. Those three things I shared with you. Genuine love in your heart. Okay? I'm repeating that now. Genuine love in your heart. Serve them. Those of you who are serving in this ministry, for example, you are serving Pastor Shane. You're serving God through Pastor Shane. Then number three, give to them. When you give, it, prov it provokes blessings. I don't know if someone has ever blessed you before. You want to bless them, but no word is coming out of your mouth. If you open your mouth, you may end up cursing them. That's the level you should get to. That was the story of Esau and Jacob. That's, that's the level you should get to. So very quickly, let's just move on. You know, and let's see, you know, how to advance the father's business. Before you are able to advance the father's business, it is important that we also even understand the purpose of the father's business. The purpose, primarily and fundamentally, is for the reconciliation and restoration of man. How many of you also know that Jesus, God did not give us the gift of his son, Jesus, such that, you know, we can live, or just such that we can live a sickness-free life. How many of you know that Jesus did not come just such that, uh, you know, you can be out of poverty? How many of you know that? How many of you know that Jesus just did not come only to just protect you? How many of you know that Jesus came the father gave the gift of his precious son, his only son, Jesus, just for the singular purpose of the salvation of man. Reconciliation of man back unto God and restoration of man's dignity to what man was intended by God to originally be. And if you want to understand what that restoration is about, you go back to the book of Genesis and begin to study the story of Adam and Eve. You see, our Adam, according to the scripture, you know, was dwelling in Eden, you know, and then um, he was naming all the animals. No harm came around him. Everything was peaceful. Everything was blissful, you know, and all of that. That's God's intention. When they met Jesus, you know, and said, hey, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. What do you say? Jesus said to them, what does your law say? They told Jesus what the law says. Jesus said to them, if you read literal, Jesus said, but in the beginning it was not so. These are some of the things that you need to understand. Again, many of us have been preaching faulty gospel. You know, somebody is sick, for example, and you just preach to the person and say, you know, you know my Jesus can heal you. You know, if you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, you know you will not be sick again. It's a lie. The Bible did not teach that. You know, if you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, you know, you'll never be a day broke in your life again. It's a lie. What the Bible teaches, what Jesus teaches, or the Bible teaches is that in the world we'll face all those tribulations. The only assurance that we have, those of us who are in Christ, is that we have already overcome them. So not that those challenges will not come. They will come to us, right? But we are more victorious. Hallelujah, glory to God. So a New Testament believer actually fights in victory, not fight for victory. 
I'm not sure you caught that. So whatever thing that comes against you, challenges in your home, challenges in your health, and all of that, you must know without a doubt for certain that the victory is already yours. You are not about to get the victory. The victory is already yours. Hallelujah, glory to God. And what you do is then to walk, you know, and lay hold on God's promises. So if you understand that Jesus came, Jesus came uh, to save mankind, you will not go out on evangelism and say, give your life to Jesus and you will get a job the following day. That's the reason why many people come into our church. Again, transactionary mindset. They stay, they are not healed because they thought that Jesus is a magician. They don't understand the difference between magic and miracles. So they stay week one, week two, and they say nothing is changing and they go back to the street. It's because someone did not teach them, tell them the truth about the process of salvation and the essence of salvation. When our ministry started in 2018, you know, I was saying, you know, I'll go all out for evangelism, do this, do that. Then there was this um, um, family, young, young people, you know, about, um, I think there were three or four or so. You know, the brother and the sister specifically started attending our, our church, you know, and 2018 when we just started then. And um, the wife, I mean, the sister, you know, I haven't attended for a while, walked up to me one day and then said that she's been attending this church now for about uh, maybe three weeks or before weeks or one month. Say, but she still has not gotten jobs. I said, did I tell you that you were going to get a job when I <laughs> preached Jesus to you? Because you see, people don't understand. They come to Christ for what they can get from him. Not for who he is. Who the father is seeking to worship him are those whose hearts are right. So that is the father's business. Reconciliation of man back to God and restoration of man's dignity. That is the father's business. That was why in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 from verse number 17, Paul speaking, you know, to the church in Corinth says, Now therefore we know that if any man be in Christ, is a new creation. He says, All things are passed away, all things are become. The word new there is the Greek word kainos, K-I-N-O-S. It simply means something never seen before. Something unusual, something different, something noble. In fact, the, um, I think it was Matthew Henry, you know, concordance that described it as something like a freshly baked bread. Some of you caught it. Hallelujah, glory to God. That's what a new creation is. And Paul again speaking concerning Jesus says, now we know no man after the flesh. He says, that same second Corinthians chapter number five, right? Now, if you start reading from verse number four, you would see it. He says, now we know no man any longer after the flesh. Why did he say so? Because they knew Jesus after the flesh and they missed it. The Messiah of the world was with them, dining, whining, doing everything with them. And they thought that he was an ordinary man just like them. He says, when Jesus came, we missed him because we were looking at him in the eyes of the flesh. But now we know this. If any man be in Christ Jesus, it doesn't matter anymore the color of his skin. It doesn't matter anymore the height. It doesn't matter anymore the size of his body. It doesn't matter anymore what part of the city he lives it doesn't matter anymore what he does. What matters now is the person is in Christ and Christ is in the person. That is the mutuality that exists in the, king, in the in Christendom. 
That's the reason why I could see this brother of mine just leading prayers and I could feel that connection. I could feel that love. That's the reason why you smile. You are happy. When you meet someone in your office and says to you, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. Oh, I'm a Christian too. I attend X and Y church. If you are truly a Christian, whenever you meet another Christian, something bubbles in you. Because now you now no longer know man after the flesh. It's not about the way they look anymore. Not about what they do or how they do what they do. No, 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 no. It's about the fact that now you both belong to the same father. You both belong. Now you are kindred. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. They say blood is thicker than water and I agree. But the blood of Jesus is way, 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 way thicker. So understand this. This is the basis of the Christian faith. Matthew chapter number 1, if you start reading from verse number 18, the angel said to, to them, says, he will give child a, she will give birth to a child. He said, and you shall call his name Jesus. Go study your Bible. Matthew chapter number 1, 18 to 21, there about. He says, because he shall save his people from their sin. Did you know many people still don't understand this? Now, as I'm, is it not simple? That's what the word of the Lord says. But people still don't get it. Advancing the father's business. So again, the father's business is the reconciliation and restoration of man. So then, how do you advance this father's business? When I'm about 10 minutes, please just let me know. Okay, 15 now. Okay. So how, how time fast so goes so fast. So how do you advise this, advance this father's business? Number one, know the father. You can't advance the business of the one that you do not know. To tell someone Jesus loves them, you must have experienced that first. You can't go to the market and they say, they hire you, you know, to be selling this Glasgow, for example. And you cannot tell, you know, the manufacturer did not tell you, you know, what it's made of, why they made it, what it weighs, what it does, and all of that. You won't sell. You won't sell. Know the Father, Philippians number 3, verse number 10, that I may know him and the power of his res res resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable even unto death. Pauline prayer in Ephesians number 1, 15 to 21, Paul speaking to the church in Ephesus, he says to them, and you brethren, as I heard of your faith in the Lord and love for the saints, he says, I do not stop, I do not cease giving thanks to God for you. Daily mentioning you in my prayers that the Lord our God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, will give you the spirit of wisdom or revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what the perfect will of the Father is for your life. Hallelujah. So, to advance in the Father's business, you want to do the Lord's work, you want to be pursuing His kingdom. According to Matthew 6:33, you must know the Father. And listen, you can never overknown the Father. Because the Father is new every morning. Because the version of him that he reveals to you today, tomorrow as you grow deeper, you see that everything is changed again. That's the reason why you pick a passage of the Bible. Take for example Matthew 6.33. Without a doubt, some of you have caught different light on just Matthew 6.33. Because of the teaching I've been making. And because the Holy Spirit has been opening the eyes of your understanding. Same scripture you've been reading. That's the reason why you open it. You say, ah! But I've been reading this. I've seen this many. Oh! So you cannot overknow the Father. Say that. Say, I cannot overknow the Father. Say to your neighbor, you cannot overknow the Father. 
Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. It was Isaiah the prophet in Isaiah chapter number 46. He says, who can search the depth of his understanding? No one. No one. So know the Father. Number two, very quickly, how do you advance the Father's business? Believe in the Father. It's possible for you to know him and choose not to believe in him. That's possible. Believe in the Father. 2 Timothy chapter number 1, verse number 12. Timothy speaking, I mean Paul speaking, says, I know in whom I have believed. He says he's able to keep that which I've committed to him until that day, until the day of his return. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as he goes. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to wait. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Believe in the Father. Believe in the Father. Number three, very quickly. How do you advance the Father's business? Buy into the Father's business. Be a stakeholder. Be a stakeholder. See, I'm not saying this to brag. Concerning everyone in Lofty Heights, Regina, who calls Lofty Heights their home, they cannot come in here and say this is their local assembly and just sit down every Sunday, do nothing, and go back home. It's not possible. Buy into the Father's business. John chapter number 9, 1 to 4. John speaking says, I must work the works of him. That was Jesus. I must work the work of him who sent me while it is day. He says, because the night cometh when no man can work. Number four, how do you advance the Father's business? Believe in its power. Do you know the kingdom of the Lord is not in word? It is in the demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost. It's good to be able to teach, to preach the gospel. But much more, it's, it's better to even be able to demonstrate the power of the living God. Healing, miracles, signs, wonders. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Believe in its power. Romans number 1, verse number 16, Apostle Paul to the letter to the church in Rome declared, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation for everyone that believes. First to the Jews, then to the Gentiles. Believe in its power. Don't be ashamed. Share your church's banners. Number five, joyfully and lovingly sell the business to the world. Carry this gospel on your head. Carry the father's business on your head like somebody selling gala. Sorry, sausage roll. <laughs> Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Number six, lastly, how do you advance this father's business? Realize that your life is the greatest and best business of the father. In other words, make your life the business. People who want to buy you first before they buy what you have to sell. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Zechariah chapter number 8, verse number 23. In that day, ten men from all nations of the earth will grab the hem of the garment of a Jew and say, Come, show us your God. We have seen that the Lord your God is with you. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. The Father is counting on you. As far as the city of Halifax, the province of Nova Scotia is concerned, and believers house is concerned if this church is not growing and you're part of the local assembly you should be queried and questioned same way i should be queried and questioned now it is proven everywhere in the world according to you know um, church planting principles and all of that the greatest form of growth that comes to every ministry is through words of mouth do you know now you have just few chairs here to multiply this church is very very simple 
you only need to invite just one person to church next Sunday. But how do you invite someone to a church that you don't believe in and the pastor you don't believe in? That's where the problem lies. Rise on your feet this afternoon. Father, give me a heart. Same prayer. I yearns and lost long Thank you for listening to this message from Believer's House. We hope you've been blessed. Please visit us at www.believershouse.church for more information about our church or to send us your questions, comments, and feedback. We hope to see you again soon.